We need history more than money. Ladies and gentlemen, we need leaders who are more interested in people than in private ambition. If you're going to transform something, you have to engage it. You cannot change what you avoid. Welcome to Leading Edge Leadership with Dr. Miles Monroe. Discover the leader in you and others. Hi, this is Dr. Miles Monroe and welcome to a special series on leadership development. Of course, at Bahamas Faith Ministries and Miles Monroe International, we are dedicated to building leaders and training leaders to become an agent of change. I've traveled around the world to many, many different countries using these principles to inspire people to become better influencers. And for you to become a leader, of course, it's very important for you to know a few basic principles. First of all, you must believe that you were born with the capacity to influence other people and the world. Secondly, you must believe that you possess the potential and the ability to influence the world with your gifts. And thirdly, you must believe that you were created by God and born in this generation because whatever you have, your generation needs. That means you are significant to the world. And today I am very honored and pleased to introduce a wonderful series of teachings that are going to be focusing on developing the leader in you and the leader in other people. I trust that you will enjoy every segment. I encourage you also to make plans to be with us on these special programs. Take notes, uh, get your iPad or your, 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 your notepad and write down the principles. And I also want to remind you that you can receive all of these different sessions in a special package on leadership development. If you're interested in actually using these for your personal training, the training of your staff, or maybe developing people under your care, then you are free to have access to this wonderful material. And I say that it took me years to develop this material, and I hope that uh, you will benefit from every session. So let's get started as we look at discovering the leader in you and developing the leader in others. Our special program on this station today as we study leadership in depth. Join us right now. There are 7.2 billion humans on earth. And the creator created all of them to be leaders. That is a shock to most people's experience and education. That statement is. Every human being was created by God for leadership. It's a tough statement to believe. As a matter of fact, I know exactly what you're thinking after that statement. If everyone is a leader, then who's going to follow? And that question is also evidence that you've been successfully brainwashed by a culture that is a result of fallen man. And that culture has been perpetrated throughout history for thousands of years. We are now experts at self-degradation. We are experienced at devaluation of self. We actually are afraid to put value on ourselves. Because our culture says that's not something you should do. 
we embrace the spirit of humiliation, not humility. And we somehow have been trained to avoid responsibility for changing our environment. But yet God, God is a good God. He created you to be a leader. And I'm going to hopefully, along with Pastor Richard and the other ministers that I have appointed, we're going to take you on a journey to meet yourself. I know you know God, but it's you I'm concerned about. You, you, you know, you, most of us want to know God, but our problem is we don't know who we are. And so we're going to take you on a journey the next seven months. And I promise you, if you stay faithful, attend every session, don't worry about anyone else, just stay focused, and you follow the material, and you listen to the explanations, something is going to happen inside of you. The same way it happened to me. I was changed when I encountered this reality that God created me to be a leader. That leads me to point number two. Write it down. The original assignment of God for mankind was rulership over earth. The original assignment of God for mankind was rulership over earth. Now this may sound like a simple statement, even though we read it in the book of Genesis, but you have to understand the implications of it. God created you to be a ruler. Over earth. Things in the earth. This will make sense a little later in the series. And the third introductory statement I want you to write down is that leadership and I'm defining it here in a simple term for now. We'll get into deep definitions later. But leadership is really the capacity to influence the conditions and the environment that determines the destiny in life. I'm going to give you an opportunity to write that down. Leadership is the capacity to influence conditions. And the environment that you are in. That determines the destiny of life in that environment. That's leadership. So leaders are people who influence conditions. And if you live in those conditions, you will be influenced by them. Leaders also influence the environment. They can walk into a room. And change the atmosphere. They can change the way you feel about yourself. They can change the way you see things in your environment. A leader has such an amazing capacity. That they can let you see things you couldn't see. They can change the environment. And what makes them dangerous is. They can therefore determine your destiny. They can actually take you where they want you to go. I think of the statement made by Jesus Christ. The greatest leader in time and outside of time. He said these words. Leave them alone. 
I'm quoting him. They are blind leaders. <laughs> and if the blind lead the blind, he says, they both have the same destination. They fall into the ditch. Notice, I am always intrigued at this statement. He said, if the blind lead the blind. What is he telling us? He's telling us that a person can be in leadership and be blind. He's not talking about physical sight. Because I doubt you'll follow a person who can't see physically. Obviously. He's talking about lack of vision, lack of revelation, lack of understanding, lack of perception, lack of intuition. That's blind. But what amazes me, he says, if the blind is in leadership, then those who follow that leader must also be blind. Because they can't see that the leader can't see. I think when you decide to follow someone, your first question should be, can you see? What do you see? Where are we going? So he's telling us that leadership is about destination. It's about destiny. It's about taking people to a place. Leadership is about movement. As a matter of fact, the word lead is a verb. You cannot lead and stand still. The very word has to do with move. So when you say, I am a leader, you're saying, I move things from a place where they are to a place they haven't been. So this concept of leadership is built into us. Let me take you to another statement. Write this down. Our leadership mission. I'm going to relate this to our theme this year. What is our theme? Kingdom leadership transforming society. In this first session, I want to set this up for you to understand why you need training in leadership and why you need to learn how to become a leader and why leadership is necessary for you to carry out the Great Commission. The Great Commission is a leadership commission. I'm going to read a few scriptures from the Bible. That relate to the Great Commission. Here's one found in the book of Matthew. It says, And he called his ten servants to him, And delivered them ten pounds, And said unto them, Occupy until I come. Now I got to explain this. This is a parable Jesus was giving about the ten servants that were given, uh, They were given resources. He was referring to the creation of Adam. And he was talking from, the, from a parable that Adam was like a servant who was given responsibility 
to take over resources for a master. And he uses the term occupy until I come. In other words, do business on my behalf. Rule this place for me until I come back to check on you and get an accounting of how you did. That's what the parable is about. He's saying to you, you are to be in charge. This is why I named my leadership book that came out last year, In Charge. Because I discovered that you are supposed to be in charge. When you occupy a place, that means that there's no coexistence. That's a deep word, eh? When you occupy a place, it means that ain't nothing else occupying it. Which means that you are in charge of everything in the environment. So he told us to occupy until he comes. What we have decided to do is to coexist. So we make room for other influences. He says, no, I want you to occupy. Let's look at another statement made by Jesus. I call it again the leadership commission. We call it the great commission, but I'm going to call it the leadership commission. And here's what he says in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Uh, This is an instruction. We call it the Great Commission. He's commissioning us to go and do something. To go into where? All the world. We, of course, will continue to learn more about world as we go through the year. But I want you to understand what this statement means. For he says go. Go is an initiation. He says, don't wait for anything to start. You start, start. Don't wait for things to happen. You make things happen in your environment. To do that, you must be a leader automatically. Leaders don't wait. Write that down. Leaders don't wait. What makes you a leader is the fact that you initiate change in your environment. I don't know how to emphasize this enough. Leaders start things. They, they begin things. They initiate things. That is what separates them from a follower. The follower just follows the rules he met there. The follower follows the trail he met there. The follower follows the instructions someone else gives. But the leader creates trails. The leader becomes the instructor of the environment. So leaders don't complain. They change things. Leaders don't murmur. They create change. I wish I had the words to explain this to you. The first word of the Great Commission automatically makes you a leader. It says, go. That means you start things. 
begin things. He's telling you that you can. He's telling you that you got the capacity to start things. But we are not trained in our passive culture to change things in our environment. We are so well conditioned to behave by our historical oppressive spirit that we are afraid to rock the boat. Even if the boat is sinking. Because we are mentally damaged. We are conditioned to follow the blind into the ditch. Go. The next statement he says is into. Into means engage the environment. Into means get involved and integrate yourself in the system. That's leadership. Leadership engages the environment. And then he says, into all. All means every area, every aspect. Nothing is off limit to you when it comes to influencing the world. We have been conditioned to stay in your place. Have you heard that? Be seen and not heard. Matter of fact, they will tell you eventually, behave yourself. And this came down to us from the colonial masters. And we still hear them crying in our ear. Stay in your place. But he says no. Every place is your place. Go into what? All the systems. The word world means governing systems. Areas of influence. You cannot influence Influence unless you are the influencer. So for you to influence the area of influence, you've got to be in a position to be the influencer. Which means that you are the leader. So we cannot carry the Great Commission if we are not in the position of influence. That leads me to my next point. And that is, he says, preach. Now I want to clear this word up very quickly. This word is not a religious word. Preach. The word preach used in the Bible means to announce, to to declare, or to demonstrate. It means all three. Preaching is not a sermon of religious emotional encounter. Preaching is declaring something you believe and you want other people to know. To make an announcement that something is present. And you want people to recognize it. That's what the word preach means. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is among you. He was declaring something was present. You call it preaching. Preaching is to declare. So we're supposed to declare things not only by our words, but by our demonstration of our life and things we do. And then he says the good news. The good news referring to the kingdom of God. So we know our message to go there and make this happen. And then he closes the commission by saying, to all creation. Creatio. To all creation. This word creation means everything God created. Let me tell you what he means. He wants you to bring 
the kingdom influence back to earth to bring everything that he created back under the influence of the kingdom. You know, the Bible says that creation is groaning. The trees are groaning. The animals are groaning. Uh, the salvation of the earth is also part of our responsibility. So the, the, the creatures and the plants and, and the reptiles are waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. They're waiting for you to show who you really are. They're waiting for you to take charge so they can be under the right influence. You know, the Bible talks about when the earth comes fully under the kingdom influence, that the lion and the lamb will be friends. Right now, they are not friends. Lions eat lambs. But when the right environment comes back, that means the lion will eat grass. The power of influence can change the nature of your environment. So a leader can actually change the entire environment, including the environment physically. Who spills the oil in Freeport? Men do, not nature. We put the oil in the ship and didn't secure the ship. And the ship spills the oil and the oil kills the fish and destroys the barrier reef. And the fish weep. And the coral dies because we did not preach the good news to creation also. That means we are supposed to manage the environment and not damage the environment. Leadership saves even the environment. All right. He says go into the world. I want to just talk about this for a second and connect it to our theme. In John chapter 17, verse 14, we find these words, actually in verse 15, 14 sets it up. Where he says that I am, I am in the world, but not of the world, and that you've been called out of the world. In verse 15 he says, I do not pray for you to be taken out of the world. Jesus said, look, I'm praying that the Father will not take you out of the system. Most of us have been conditioned by religion to get out of the system. To avoid the world. To stay away from the cosmos. Jesus says, I'm praying against that. Now this is very important for leadership. See, notice, he says, take, do not take them out of the world, but that you should keep them. From the evil in the system. Is that possible? Is that possible? Well, he thinks it's possible. He thinks it's possible for you to be in the middle of muck and no mud gets on you. He believes that you can be in the middle of corrupt people and be uncorruptible. Ah. Which means that you are in charge of your life. Be in the system, he says. But keep them from the evil in the system. And then he says in verse 16, they are not of the system. He's talking to his father. 
They are not the system, just as I am not of the system. I'm not of this world. Okay. I want to, to, to show you why this is important for us. Uh, Jesus Christ did not leave the nation in the hands of governments. took me a while to figure this one out. I was in a meeting this afternoon with some leaders of churches for about four hours. And uh, they came to talk to me because they want to get my advice on how to influence this country. And the statement I gave them that they grasped onto was this one. I said, somehow we have, we have elevated the wrong government. Jesus Christ did not leave the earth in the hands of political machineries. Let me read what he says. Let's read it. He says in the book, go and make disciples of what? Every nation. Who's he talking to? Who's he talking to? His disciples. The nation was left in the hands of his disciples. Let me quote it again. Go and make disciples of every nation. Then he says, baptize them in the name of Jesus. And teach them everything I have taught you. Now, some instructions in here are very heavy. Go and what? Make disciples. If you, if you make someone do something, what does that mean? You're in charge. You cannot fulfill that command unless you are in the leadership influence position. Go and make disciples of every nation. Then he says, baptize them. Uh, I'm going to get in trouble, but I'm going to try this. Baptism is simply, write this word down, initiation. You are initiated into a belief system. Uh, They got different words for it. We have made baptism a religious act. Baptism is not a religious act. It's an initiation into, it's like for example, being accepted in a school and you go through orientation. That's baptism. The Pharisees baptized. The Sadducees baptized. The Herodians baptized. John the Baptist baptized. Ready for this? Plato baptized. Aristotle baptized. Socrates had disciples. Go and read your history. Their their followers were called disciples. Baptism implied hmm, that I submitted myself specifically to one master teacher. I am forsaking all the other schools and this will be my school of thought. This particular person. So you basically abandon the other schools. And you submit only to that school that you 
choose. That was called baptism. Now, if you were to apply this meaning, original meaning to the instruction, it means to go into the system and make every nation your disciple. Is that what he says there? Disciple of your nations. <laughs> the word disciple is the word student. He says, teach them everything I taught you. I want to show you how this works. Write this down, please. I'm, I, this picture, I love this picture of these little cubs being taught by an adult lion. You know, the, the adult lion is a leader. The leader of the, of the jungle. He's the leader of the animals, right? But look at, look at his students, eh? He is teaching them. She is teaching them how to be like her. Lions don't associate with any other animals. Lions don't keep company with any other animals. That is probably why they are the king of the jungle. Because they don't want to learn anything from other animals. Maybe that's why Jesus Christ says he is the lion of Judah. Not the dogs and, and pigs. They, they mix with other animals. But, but the lion is a very strange creature. It never hangs out with any other group. Except of its own kind. Now, because the lion learns from the lion. And the lion is the king. And all of his cubs got to learn to be kings. You can't learn kingship from a slave. Mentality, can I add quickly. You become like who you hang out with. You take on the very nature of those who you submit to. And they cannot teach you anything that they don't know. talk about our leadership commission make disciples the word disciple is the word student student everybody say student write it down please this is very important because somehow we keep making this word a religious word plato and aristotle had disciples go look on the internet type in socrates disciples of socrates you will see it come up a big writing they all had disciples Stop thinking that Jesus Christ is the only one who had disciples or John. Everybody had disciples. Can I put it this way? In the days of Jesus, and, the, and in the day of the Greeks, the Greeks were the first ones to actually refine this, but it started way back in the times of like Elijah. They had what they called schools. A school, write this down, was not a place. It was a person. So you didn't go to a school. You went to a person. The person was called master teacher. Write it down. The word master in the Hebrew language is the word that we translate rabboni. Rabboni or rabbi. Rabbi simply means master teacher. It's not a, 
a religious title. It means an expert in an area of knowledge. So an architect would be an, a rabbi in architecture. A mechanic would actually be a rabbi in mechanics. It simply means someone who specializes in a certain area of knowledge. A lawyer is a rabbi. Matter of fact, did you know that uh, the scribes were lawyers? Write it down, write it down. Why don't you remember these things? So when you're reading the Bible, be careful. You know, the Bible says the scribes and the Pharisees were completely different. They're different. The, the Pharisees were experts in the laws of Moses. They studied the Torah, the Pentateuch. They knew the Mishnah. These, these guys knew everything about the first five books of the Bible. They knew the laws of the prophets. These guys, they were, so they were called rabbis because they were experts. But theirs was in, in those Pentateuch scriptures. The, the Sadducees were lawyers. They call them scribes. They were professional lawyers. They knew the law. They were also called rabbis. John was eventually called a rabbi because he was expert in this certain teaching he called the kingdom. If you don't believe me, I'm trying to get you to see leadership. Turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 3. I want to show you why John became very dangerous to the other rabbis. Matthew chapter 3. We find these words concerning John. It says... John began to preach, verse 1, chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came declaring, announcing, demonstrating, preaching. Remember those words now, you know, don't, don't make it religious. He's announcing in the wilderness of Judea, saying what? Repent. Why? For the kingdom of heaven has arrived. The King James would say, is at hand. NIV would say, is near. It actually means is here. So what did John preach? That was John's message. The kingdom. So John became a rabbi of the kingdom. What's the word rabbi? Master teacher of this message. The Pharisees didn't have this message. The Sadducees didn't have this message. The Herodians didn't have this message. Everyone had their unique message. They became master teachers. All right. Now, when someone became an expert in an area of knowledge, it was called school of thought. Write it down. School of thought means a certain thought or philosophy that that person has as an expert. The school of thought. Why would they call this a school of thought? Does thoughts have schools? Well, it means that you can be schooled in a certain thought. Idea. I'm trying to explain baptism to you. 
Because the command says, go and baptize everybody. So John has a school. A school has what? Students. So therefore they are called what? Disciples. It simply means his students. John had a school. He didn't have a religious order. He had a school. His, his, his expertise was in this kingdom idea. That's why they had a problem with him. The Sadducees were experts in the laws of Moses, in the law, you know, the, the, the ceremonial law, the, the, uh, uh, what do you call those, those laws, the, the hygiene laws. They were very strict, you know, they're the ones who attacked the disciples when they said, you didn't wash your hands. Remember that? That, that was the Sadducees. If you read the Bible, the Sadducees said that. Not, not the Pharisees, the Sadducees. So these guys were the law, they, they wanted strict, strict lawyers. They keep, keep the law. Now, Here's John with his school. School of thought. The same chapter. I want you to read something with me. Look at verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee. To the Jordan. To do what? I can't hear you. To be baptized by John. Now wait a minute. What's what's going on here? You got Jesus the Christ. Coming to a guy's school. And telling him, I am going to identify with this school. I'm not going to submit to the Sadducees or the Pharisees or the Herodians. I am going to join your school. Why? Because I want your thought. In other words, to be baptized means that you believe in an idea so much. That you submit yourself to immersion of the idea. That's why you become a disciple of Jesus. When you believe in him. That means you just began the school. A young man came to me tonight. He says, you know, Sunday I gave my life to Jesus. This young man right here. Now, I said, I'm glad to see you. Why? He just getting started. He got to now sit. And learn the ideas of the school. What school? The school of Jesus Christ. When you say you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord. It simply means you become a student of all of his ideas. So let's see what Jesus does. It says Jesus came what? To be baptized by John. John recognized him. Because they were cousins. Remember? And John says, I know who you are. You should be baptizing me. I should join your school. And Jesus said, no, it doesn't work that way. You are the teacher. You are the authority. I have to submit to you. I want the whole city to know that you are the thought I submit to. Whatever you're teaching is what I believe. That's baptism. Now God says go into every system and get people to do that to the kingdom. Was Jesus a good student? Was John a good teacher? Let's find out. Look at verse 17. Time has passed of course. 
verse 17. Same chapter, chapter 4, verse 17. Next page. Everybody got it? Let's read it together. And from that time forward, Jesus began to preach. What did he preach? Matthew 4, 17. The same words that his teacher taught. Get it? He repeated the same words. Repent for the kingdom of heaven has arrived. In other words, you know you are a good teacher if your students sound like you. How many times have they said to you, you must be go to Miles Monroe Church. Now what they mean, what they really mean by that is you sound, and they're not talking about necessarily tonal language. They're talking about content. Your content sound like you've been under a certain type of person. That's a good sign that you are a good student. You're supposed to sound like your teacher. So Jesus became baptized under John. By the way, I ain't got time to read it, but you should read this whole passage and even read the first three chapters of John as well. Where the, there was a, a relationship between them. The Bible says that, that uh, John one day woke up and said to his, his students, his disciples, do not follow me any longer. That's in the Bible. He says, follow him. He turned his entire school over to one of his students named Jesus Christ. Sometimes we miss that passage. In other words, Jesus didn't have to go look for students. John turned the whole school over to him. And then John went to prison. And his head was cut off. Remember that? In other words, Jesus had a, an entire school when John left. He was the master teacher. He knew the message. And then the Bible says, and one day he called his disciples to him. Little things you all don't read too carefully. And he chose from among them Twelve to be with him. In other words, he had a big group. You all understand. Jesus Christ had a big school that John built, turned over to him, and out of the students he chose twelve. Maybe that's why Jesus didn't have a hard time having to convince Peter, James, John. Bartholomew, Matthew, about the kingdom. They were already in class. Yes. Maybe he chose the best students. Who knows? But the Bible says he chose from among his disciples, 12, to be with him. Which means that he had an advanced class. That's why they called him what? Master. His disciples called him Master. Which means Rabboni, master teacher. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the kingdom to what? The nations. And then he says, make them your disciples. You cannot, write this down please. Uh, teach them means that you have to be in the position of influence to form the minds of your students. I have three bachelor's degrees. From university. One of them is in education. I studied education for four years. I got three bachelors the same, at the same time. I used to work, you know, no less than 23 credit hours a year semester. I was kind of weird. 
would love to study. And when I studied education, they had classes in education called educational psychology. Anyone ever study education? You can study education. And what they do is they teach you the development of students, how, how kids develop and what they learn at certain ages. So the, I, I know where you're at right now. What you can and cannot learn anymore. <laughs> okay, we learn education psychology. And they, they actually take you through this process of understanding human development. And then when I graduated, I had to take an extra semester, what they call teaching practice, to be certified. And I was placed in a school in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in a high school to teach for a semester. When I first joined the class, I was what they call a student teacher. I was assigned to a veteran. And that veteran teacher had to teach me how to teach students. And the first thing the teacher said to me, to be the teacher, you must show them you are the authority. Can I say it again? The teacher says, to be a teacher, you must first show the students that you are the authority. Go into all the world and make them your disciples, your students. What's his instruction? His instruction is, can I reverse it? Go into all the world and you be the teacher. Teacher means the one who has the influence to form the minds of the student. That means you cannot be the follower and carry out that command. The command of the Great Commission is you have to become a leader. So my job and Pastor Rich's job and all of our jobs this year is to teach you You are our student. We're going to teach you how to be the one in charge. How to be the one that when you show up, even if you don't have the title, you're the one they look to for direction in the environment you are in. That happens to me all the time. 99% of places I go, I don't look for leadership. Sometimes I'm... I try to come in incognito. And when they recognize me, it's too late. I'm going to show you how to become the teacher. You cannot control the class if you don't have the authority. Write this down. You cannot transform what you cannot influence. Transform society. Okay, that's fine. So now I got to figure out how to do that. First, I must become the transformer. To become the transformer, I have to be the one who is the influencer in the environment. I didn't say that you have to have the title, you know. Leadership. Ah. Whew. There's a leader inside of you. I'm going to prove that. 
The problem is, it is smothered under the idea that you are a follower. And the devil is praying you will never meet yourself. I know what I'm talking about personally. In a few days, I'm going to be flying to Hawaii. 600 people will be in that room in the first class hotel, six star hotel. 80% are multimillionaires. They own so much. And they invite me for the last eight years to come and teach them for four days. They are my students. What do I have that would make a multimillionaire sit and take notes? I was born in Bain Town, sleeping on the floor. Something happened to me. It has to happen to you. You know what did it? Information. I call it discovery. The Bible calls it revelation. Revelation, write the word revelation down. Revelation actually means to unveil. To unveil means that nothing is new. Okay. Let me, let me, let me show you what I mean. I have this bottle here. I hope I get it to stand up. Whoever knows. Hold this up for me. Just hold it up for me. Yeah, that's good. Okay. I'm going to veil the bottle. Camera, see this? Is the bottle still there? It didn't go nowhere. So when the Bible says God will, will give you revelation, revelation, it means that the information was there all the time. The Holy Spirit comes into your life to simply lift the veil to show you what was always inside of you. My God, my God. That happened to me. I didn't go anywhere to find Miles Monroe. It was covered under culture. Bad teaching. Oppression. Colonialism. Low self-esteem. Poor self-concept. It was smothered. And then the revelation of God's truth lifted the veil. And I discovered myself. And I realized I was not who they told me I was. You cannot transform what you cannot influence. And you cannot influence what you are not in charge of. You know, I don't want you to think in terms really of titles and power, you know. Some of the most powerful leaders in history were those who were not in, in position of with authority, you know. Joseph was an interesting guy. Joseph was a slave. But he knew who he was. He knew his gifting. And when they brought him out of prison, he became prime minister of Egypt. He didn't get the title of Pharaoh. But Pharaoh said to him, you will be my father. 
That's in the Bible. Now, Pharaoh is an old man. Joe is a young fella. But Joseph's expertise in a certain set of knowledge made him the father of the Pharaoh. We'll get into that a little later on. How your gift is what makes you a leader. Not your title. Joseph had a gift. The gift of being able to tell the meaning of dreams. Pharaoh says, I want this man to stay close to me. He'll guide and lead Egypt. I can't give him a title, but he's in charge of everybody. See, he influenced Egypt. By the way, in case you forgot, the Bible says, and Pharaoh sent an edict out that all Egypt shall worship the God of Joseph. Ladies and gentlemen, that's called national transformation. I rest my case. Make a note of this. This is very important. Not only can you not transform what you don't influence, but I want you to think about this responsibility we have this year. God told us, I want you through kingdom leadership to transform your society. Now you see why. It's that way. You see why? You can't really transform society if you are not in leadership influence. So my job is an exciting but maybe tough one. And that is to get into your head and somehow introduce you to who you really are. So that when you leave this place in the next few months, you will be a different woman altogether. You'll be a different man. You'll begin to see that what they thought of you was not true. Let me tell you something, friends. People ask me, how did you change? I tell them, I really don't know. It just happened. But it really came through revelation. He unveiled me. It blew my mind. I'm still trying to accept who I am because that's, that's not what they, they didn't tell me that. Uh, let me show you this. Our focus. Our focus this year is in that document. We will lead national and spiritual change. To do that, you've got to be in a position of what? Influence. To bring transformation spiritually in a country, you have to be in a position of influence. Right in your job, in your workplace, in your home, among your friends, who is the leader is the question. When you get together with your friends, who is the influence? When you sit with officers in that, in that, that mess hall uh, down there in immigration, uh, what, who, I mean, do, are they the ones who are influenced by you or are you influenced by them? As a student in college, who's the influence? And I'm, I'm going to show you something during this series. You don't need to push yourself when you are in charge. You know, uh, one of the scriptures this year is going to be a powerful scripture. Uh, and that scripture is, you are the light of the world. One even light 
It never fights darkness. I, I get in ahead of myself, you know. Don't miss Sunday coming. But when you turn light on, light never fights darkness. Darkness flees. He says, you are the light. Which means all you have to do is just show up. No fighting. If you got to fight for attention, you ain't there yet. There's an air about a leader that becomes the impact in the community. I'm going to teach you how to get that, son. You have inside of you a great man that no one knows about. And it comes through revelation of yourself. So this is what we're going to learn this year. I want you to write this down. First, we're going to learn, number one, the original source of true leadership. I'm going to teach you that in this class. Because that is what I learned that set me free. The origin of true leadership. Number two, we're going to learn in this series, what is leadership? Because so many definitions I've studied and they didn't satisfy me. Number three, we're going to learn in this series, how to become that leader. You can't just wake up in the morning and say you get a title. It doesn't work that way. Matter of fact, true leaders never really seek titles. True leaders don't even seek followers. Followers are attracted to a leader. They are attracted to the gift. Number four, we will learn in this, class, this series the principles of leadership. There's some principles you got to learn. Some of you got great character, great personality, but you haven't learned the principles. So you're still stuck. Number five, number six rather, we're going to learn the qualities of a true leader. And don't confuse qualities with qualifications, which is number seven. Some people got the qualities, but they ain't qualified. Qualifications are very different from qualities. Qualities are inherent. Qualification must be learned or taught. You can be born with a quality and still not be qualified to use it. And friends, of course, our time is gone. This is Dr. Munro again. Thanks for joining me on this special series of programs called Leading Edge Leadership. I trust that you've been inspired today, first of all, to understand that leadership is vital and important to our generation. Secondly, leadership is important to our communities and our nation. And thirdly, leadership is important to you and your family. I hope that you will continue to tune in every single series session on Leading Edge Leadership Dr. Miles Monroe, developing the leader within you and others. Now remember that all of these programs also make available to you products that can be of a great help to you. We got a number of books that we want to recommend to you. The first book is called The Burden of Freedom. The second book is called Becoming a Leader. And the third book is entitled The Spirit of Leadership. And the fourth book is entitled The Power of Vision. All these books contain materials that you saw in our program today. So make sure order the entire set. It's called the Leadership Pack from Dr. Miles Monroe. You can receive these, of course, just by giving us a phone call or perhaps uh, going to a bookstore in your area and ask for the books by Dr. Miles Monroe on leadership. May God continue to bless you. Thanks so much for joining us today. And remember, you were born to be a leader, but you must become a leader through a process. So don't die a follower, and I will see you at the top. This program is made possible by the partners and friends of Miles Monroe International.